You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, it's Wednesday. It's Lowell's bringing in a, a special guest. It is none other than Ricky D. He joined us, I believe it was last summer, for the first time. Had a blast talking with him, so we had to run it back. Of course, lots going on in the DFS sports betting crypto spaces. We're going to chop it up with Ricky here on Lowell's. I, does he think... I it's think he thinks goat. this he thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. <laughs> Please don't do bus. Ricky, I feel like last time you were on the show, you were I feel like you were in a backyard somewhere. Uh, yeah, just like over there. Yeah. This almost looked like a Zoom background for a second, but this is like all natural, right? That's right, man. I keep it real. I don't fuck around with the virtual. <laughs> yeah, the nice good. ambiance with the fire, Brian. When are, when are we going to get some more of your lake house in the background? I'm, I'm not balling out this hard. He's got, is that a marble finish around the gas? Yeah, no, that's a nice old-fashioned real fire. Yeah, Let me see what's oh, on the mug, fire. too. The mug looked like it had a nice uh, photo on it. Okay. <laughs> Who is that? Warren uh, Buffett. Warren Buffett. Yeah. That's, the, that's the mug uh, Davis drinks out of every morning when he tells us to buy the, the Bitcoin dip, right? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to go on a little rant here, actually, about these crypto market bros. Might as well start it off with that. All right. Let's do it. Um, Okay, so, you know, like we've all went through this crazy pandemic. Everyone was making, you know, a fortune in the market and crypto and NFTs and all this bullshit, right? And then it crashed and everyone's like, you know, jumping off bridges. And it's like, okay, let's get some perspective here, right? We're probably, most people who are in our kind of circle did pretty well. At least like they probably made money, right? They're probably better off than they were financially before the pandemic, right? Yeah, you didn't get your thousand X return on like some bullshit, you know, avocado picture, but like you're still probably like got a 200% return, right? Which is still a lot better off than like most people. And look what we're at right now. The pandemic's over. It's the probably the best summer we've had in since 2019, right? In terms of like what you can do freedom wise, you've got more money probably than you had before that. Yeah, there's probably a lot of doom and gloom. I hate to give like bad news to the doom and gloomers, but really, if you just like this is what I was preaching last year. If you go outside, you know, you go to a, a nice restaurant, grab a beer, cute waitress. Let's live some life here, boys. You know, <laughs> let's forget about all the crypto doom and gloom. Let's forget about the markets crashing. Just you know, realize you've never had an edge doing it. Just buy the dip. <laughs> you know, look up flat five years down the road, and then just go live some life, and you'll be good. So is your is your oh, yeah. if I can summarize your takeaway here, it's that this is just natural natural cyclical things with markets. A watch pot doesn't boil. Nothing's yeah. really changed. Go enjoy and live your life. Yeah, I think anyone thinking they can micromanage their way through all this stuff without any sort of sophisticated model, it's kind of like DFS. Like you're never gonna. Yeah, everyone's great in a bit in a bull market, but you're not gonna. You know, you're not. You just gotta let it go, bro, and just live life, and you know, just let the markets do their work. 
It is interesting you say that because I have noticed in specifically with the NFT corner of the the markets as opposed to say like the crypto is there's this level of emotional attachment and identity attachment to it in a way that makes a bear market even sting worse. Like a lot of people have fully wrapped up their identities in it, in communities, yeah. in their profile picture. And now they're like, what the fuck do I do? At least with like when you're trading shit coins, it's kind of like emotionally <laughs> detached. You're not like, oh, this yeah, coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you always knew they were kind of like just bullshit. I don't know. It, it's like people have been conditioned to stay inside, you know, and like you got to fucking make money and you got to look for the next thing. You got to hedge your bets. What's the hedge here? Like I just see people who have made literally millions of dollars in our kind of crypto DFS space, like, you know, worried about the next you know few years. It's just like, OK, yeah, like the identity thing. I think we made a big mistake attaching identities to, you know, these you know, meaningless items. Well, that's kind of how we tricked ourselves or, or people yeah. collectively tricked themselves into making it seem like, no, this is more than just speculation and gambling, you uh, know? It's a, it's and, a revolution. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Brian? Are you going to be able to trade your way out of this bear market? Ha. Um, that was I, I watched the uh, Club Top Shot earlier today from you guys, your show last night. And this, is, this energy is a lot different than it was on Club Top Shot. I was watching Club Top Shot. I'm like... It's kind of like a more of like a eulogy here. These guys, these poor guys. <laughs> That's what I mean. Anywhere on, on, the on, top on shot Twitter. part was a eulogy. It felt like a eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> like well, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day, like Davis Maddock. You can think about like a guy like Davis Maddock, right? <laughs> Obviously, you know he's done well. And in, in, I, I just remember this tweet back in like he sold his Tyler Hero, you know, uh, top shot for like twenty eight k. Supposedly the worst day of his life. I have no idea what that's worth now. But let's like, come on, bro, get <laughs> some perspective. You made some money. You know, it's not all bad. Like, let's move on. That, uh, yeah, that tweet. I mean, Davis, nobody timed the top shot market better than Davis. I mean, that had to have been the top of all tops selling that for 30K. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, Brian and I couldn't get, we couldn't get 30K for our Jokic Cosmic right now. One of the premium moments on the site, two-time MVP. And we couldn't get that. Davis sold a fucking Tyler Hero (laughs) for 30K. (laughs) Yeah, it's brilliant. You got to get some perspective when you make a move like that. Um, let's see, Eric, what's the tank top? I have my XFL tank top uh, on here today. Um, so then what do you what are you doing with your time then, Ricky? Um, you know, if you're are you just touching grass because you're not doing NBA DFS, you're not watching yeah. the markets, what the hell are you up to? Well, I play a lot of MLB DFS. It's sort of always been my, my go-to. It's really low. You know, it's not a huge time commitment. You kind of just show up an hour before or whatever. Um, so I've been enjoying that, but for the most part, yeah, I get outside my number one tout, my gold star pick. I was thinking about this mountain bikes. Yeah. Buy a mountain bike, man. Anyone out there looking for something to do this summer and they, you know, fucking mountain bikes changed my life, man. Buy an e-bike. Like they got these electronic assistance ones that you can like fly up the mountain, fly down. I'm doing that every day. Mostly sweet. You're in Colorado, right? I'm in actually BC. Like, uh, Oh, BC. I always mix that up. Yeah. Yeah, similar type lifestyle though. There, uh, those bikes are kind of flying off the shelves. They have a supply issue on those bikes too. So, yeah, get out there. Early. Try you to get, get try to get one. If you're gonna, trying to get one of those, you should get it now. Yeah. Well, now I'm worried that Ricky's just pumping dumping uh, these bikes. He's actually been hoarding <laughs> them and they came yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, this is my He's making back day. making back his yeah. losses. You know, uh, Rick, Rick, Ricky's uh, been uh, Ricky's been having pretty good uh, baseball season this year too. So. It's pretty easy for this guy to come in here after he's banking hundies all all day long. Like, guys, guys, what's yeah. the problem? And you know, you bank every other day and uh, go ride your bike. Yeah, yeah. I was actually laughing because I have been doing pretty good. And Rick, you had a great tweet the other day. It was like, um, you know, even in, in DFS, everything can go perfect, and and you still will lose. And I, I think that was a good example of you last night when you were like super overweight on the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. And, and you and you were smashing the site like early and you had like yeah. all the Mookie Red Sox had 16 runs in the fifth inning and it looked like Brick was going to like ship the entire world. And then like you didn't account for like 0% on Jock Peterson hitting three home runs and then Sean Zahn passing you for like the biggest ship I've ever seen this year. I know. I, I woke up to I, that too. I didn't, I didn't even yeah. look. And I wake up, I'm like, oh, the Mets – Giants game went was thirteen to twelve. Yeah, can't be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Sean's on man. Shout out to Sean's on. He had a huge. He's had a huge year this year, and uh, yeah. 
he's this had a couple is, bad years, so this is a nice comeback to see. Yeah, exactly. Got, yeah. Right. Like, was this tweet was this tweet in earnest? I think if I had seen this before, I would assume this was like a copy pasta or something you didn't write. The uh, all caps just does not seem like a Brian tweet. It was uh half real, half joke. I can't remember what was going on that day. What, what <laughs> yeah. day is it? I don't I don't remember what day, was going on. Day 13th. Uh I because it, it I knew I knew people would like it. Yeah, well, either you, way, did you say that you're farming. You were doing a little engagement farming with this one. <laughs> no, but I have been throwing out some farming tweets just to see I love, test the waters. I love your farming angles, guys. Your farming trolls. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So Sean's on Pete. You're not in the MLB streets. No, but go ahead. Uh, he's 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 destroying it, and he did this once before. Yeah, I want to say 2017. Maybe 2016. Maybe Ricky will remember. Yeah, 2018, I think. What's it? It was like maybe 2017. I just every every day you go up, wake up in the morning. He he shipped with a 0.05 percent stack team, and you just hope you can get second. Like every other, I mean, he must have shipped. I don't know how many times. Like I like like it was also like five times in like. 14 days or something once it was it was he's, insane. he's doing it again this year he's doing yeah. it again yeah yeah last year was a humbro yeah exactly uh, baseball yeah. is always one you told me this uh i don't know, dm or in person like there's always one guy every year who just yeah, just perfect. ships everything yeah so so marcus wants to know ricky are you putting in an hour a day on mlb or not not your full 80 hours of, of work yeah, chess is okay. Uh, I love that guy. Eh? Um, he, uh, yeah, the, uh, I, yeah, somewhere in between, I suppose. Um, it's uh, MLB. I don't know. I just like there isn't a lot of grunt work to do. Like you're not going to be like going in there. Like oh, what this guy do last game? I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem to be a lot of like necessity. I'll sweat the games. I don't know if that counts. But yeah, okay, the, so the lineups are- come out pretty much all, all before lock. Yeah, and there, there's usually you know there's a scratch every other day, something like that. Like it's not it's nothing you can't handle. Where um, in basketball it's huge, you know, it's depending on the player. In baseball, it's it sucks if Mike Trout gets scratched or something like that. But like most baseball players, it's not the end of the world that they get scratched. You can figure something out. Yeah, I, I like it. It's a nice casual summer sport. What yeah. uh, are you? Are you just playing the the big prize pools? Or are you just are you jamming everywhere? I, I jam everywhere. It, running a little hot, you just start to run it up. Try to run it up a little bit. Uh, I kind of told myself at the beginning of the season I was going to take it easy and never like, but uh, and touch some grass all season. But then I, I was doing well, and I was like, oh, well, fuck it, might as well get this another another <laughs> <Not> season. <laughs> yeah. Is MLB um, the only sport you're playing right now? Or are you dabbling in anything else? I'm like the world's worst PGA golf player. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm not even joking. I've probably played like 30 slates like in the past two or three years. I've never profited. Never. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't, I have no idea what it like makes no sense. But Is this your testimonial like for, for Rufus's projections? <laughs> well, I can't, I can't attest to that because I've been using those projections. They've been getting killed. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> poor, poor touting on his part, I would say. There you go. <laughs> where where are you at? I think you were in the chat uh one of our previous episodes. We were talking yeah. about the tout stuff. Like where where do you fall on the the Rufus hypocritical Jeff Ma overcritical yeah. spectrum? Where are you on that? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because Rufus has been so adamantly anti-tout his whole it's like been his brand forever. And it's it's a tough sell going from that to like basically touting out, you know, whatever. You want to call it so him in particular i understand the criticisms because he's been so you know self-righteous about it basically i mean personally i just think it doesn't really matter that much like i'm not i used to be really anti-tout the, the touts that i'm against now are basically the ones that you guys kind of complain about the biggest daves the, the like kind of the old school tommy g types where they're just shouting at you like fucking play this guy you'll never <laughs> lose you know like that type of shit like run pure kind of does that a little bit um but like i'm not gonna like there's they you know they're not they're nowhere they do offer some value so it's like i'm okay with like guys trying to help people out and like offer like a, a nice community or whatever you want to say um but yeah that total scam ripoff shit uh, that's basically where i'm settling as, as, as and i and i love that stuff 
Like <laughs> for some reason, like that's the I always like, oh, what's going on in that world? Like my buddy just gave me an update on uh like the Q, you know, QAnon. Like we a friend from our from high school that he was like more friends with than I was. I'm like, what's going on with that guy? And he just gave me all the new details and was sending showing me these. And I'm like, this is this is fascinating. I just think the whole thing is fascinating. I kind of think that like insane touting is like another world. It's like, wow, what people really pay for this? This is amazing. Yeah, like, yeah it, it is a fascinating so thing. Yeah, they've convinced uh, people the same way. It's good. What what was it? You mentioned uh, the run pure. I saw some back and forth between Levitan and Big yeah. T, something about like a weather edge. I wasn't plugged in enough to the golf to actually get like the references. Did do either of you guys know what that, that beef yeah. was there? Yeah, go, like, go ahead. Yeah, so basically um, there was this, you know, in, in, in golf, there's this debatable edge. You guys kind of briefly touched upon it last week about the what it was the PGA Championship and it was like this, AM, PM, like the early slate was going to be better for wind because it was projected that there was going to be way more wind in the afternoon and tomorrow. Um, so basically, Big T like went fucking locked in, like all the, you know, the early guys thinking that it's like this unstoppable edge that you just can't fade. And Levitan was trying to come at it from a more nuanced thing saying, you know, it, the ownership also aligned with the weather. So was there really anything to be gained on the field there? And it kind of got a little, uh, a little touchy between them too, because like Levitan then claimed that you no, know, like the winner of like the 4K Millie actually was a full weather stack, and Big T's like hashtag edge, like that's right, Run Pure, like we 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 called it right, and it was like for a while there, Run, Run Pure was looking like they were gonna take the entire slate, like multiple Millies, like that because they all just like a cult leader follow Big T at like and his like weather take. It's amazing to see. Um, so yeah, Levitan was like trying to be like, a little bit more of like an optimizer bro. Like, you know, and like, I don't know, he seemed a little bit like, uh, I don't know, like he, he seemed a little bit more angry than like he usually is. He was a little bit more like vicious in his reply tweet. And there is, there is also, of course, the undercurrent of, you know, ETR launching this golf product. They're now a big competitor for anyone selling golf subs. Like that's the lens I read that conversation through of like, all right, sure. we got the the Rams bucking horns here uh, with their yeah. With the subs. Yeah. Cause I think any other context I, I did, I wouldn't have expected Levitan to go so kind of vicious. Like it was, it was sort of like almost childish the way he went anyways, but <laughs> he was trying to sell it as way more sophisticated than just play weather and ship, which is basically fun. <laughs> you know, so I think it's an interesting discussion for sure. You gotta when, give, it, you gotta give him credit. Uh, big T though, because he does, he does then go play 150 yeah. uh, of his uh, take. And yeah. he's kind of like um, blender in this, this way where he doesn't think anyone's going to listen anyways. Like, so you could tell him your whole strategy and just, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, so like well, people do follow him. They'll like you run right. no, no, yeah. are just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. I should have said, I guess not enough follow where he can just say his whole strategy and then actually do it. And then I, I gave him a little shit. I was just kidding around. I can't remember what it was, but it was something uh, with MMA. Oh yeah. He had 85% chase Hooper, right? We had, we had like this chase Hooper thread going on. And uh, I just bought some of his merch, by the way. I'm going to wear it next show. <laughs> you <bought laughs> merch? What does even Jason merch look like? <laughs> it's a shirt and a hat, man. It's going to be great. And uh, uh, anyways, and he goes, yeah, at 85% Chase Hooper. I'm like, yeah, and you dupe with, uh, you know, 80% of the other lineups too, probably. And he goes, and he says something like, you worry about the dupes. I worry about winners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I, you know, I, 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 but honestly, like he, 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 he will dupe a bunch, but like whatever he does, he's, he says his strategy and he does it. You know, I, th we, uh, this show, obviously we think you don't want to do that much right. in general. You should have some strategy behind it. You can't just go, you know, try to go one dupes and not think about it. But like, uh, he does what he says. Yeah. And, it, and I just think, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say on that, too, it's almost like um, it boils down to a marketing thing, right? Like the clearer your messaging is, the easier mm -hmm. it is to get it off. So if you just say, this yeah. is the edge, weather, do this, versus yeah. saying like, oh, well, here's the nuance. It's the same way of being like, just jam this guy and being like, well, if you have enough low-owned guys, then this guy's suitable. It's like, that doesn't get across to the masses yeah. on Twitter. That's exactly what I was just about to say. It, and it makes for like very effective touting. And then like, 
it will hit often enough where you could just say, see, you know, it's like, it's easy. It's that easy. Right. Whereas like sometimes you hear Rufus actually like on podcast trying to talk through his process. He's like all in his own head. He's trying to, he's, he's trying to catch himself. He's like, well, he doesn't want to go too strong in any direction. Cause he knows the Sims show that the, the edges are so small and you, you can't just go all in. Like every, like that. if you look at his bet history, it's like, he's betting 10,000 different bets, right? He's not just going all in on one particular guy every week, like big T would. But look at the success of Run Per. You can't deny it that they're very influential. So, what do you think? You, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting DFS-wise, just this whole tout business that we've been talking about so much recently. I really do think we need another you know, definition for these clear Vegas Dave touts. But, like, with Vegas Dave, <clears throat> is he even betting those bets? Like, probably not. Or maybe if he is, he's not betting his, he's not the betting term his is role. Scammer. And in Vegas DFS, is a scammer. In DFS, you could check, right? Like you could you could see what they're doing. We all know what they're doing. That's kind of an interesting difference between uh, other other sports touts and you know, Big T is a tout, obviously, but like uh, uh, you could actually check and see if they're doing what they're saying. And we've uh, talked about this, Ricky. I think like uh, uh, even Osimo uses Osimo's projections. Like you could tell if you you study his stuff. He's definitely using his own stuff. Like uh, it's harder than, you know, big T will just say fade PM. And then like, okay, you could check that really easily. And he does it. Or I don't care about dupes. Then he'll like, yeah, he had a 2000 lineup dupe. Like that was, I wouldn't do that, but he did it, you know? So like you, in DFS, you could check these things. And um, uh, you know, again, like I think there is a difference between projection specifically and like all the other things of touting, like, yeah, Rufus does work for a tout site now. I mean, it's it, it, they are tout sites, but I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just making this slightly little more nuanced take of if you give all the projections on something and that's it, I'm not, I don't consider that touting. And it's very far away from our obvious examples of things that we all hate. Right. Did, yeah, uh, we can say I, that. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, didn't you end up getting kind of like some Rufus-esque blowback when you won your million and you shouted out ETR and everyone's like, wait, Ricky's the anti-tout guy. What's going on here? Yeah, a, a little bit. I mean, what do you, what's a couple like messages or something? You know, I, 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 it's awesome. Like, awesome message me. He's like, hey, man, like, I know you're on my site all the time. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, yeah, I use a whole collective. I'm buddies with ETR. So that was all it was, but <laughs> Um, I mean, in general, I, I had this point on my little notes here. I think it's a good time to bring up, like, in general, DFS and touts, like, okay, like, DFS is, like, is, is losing the marketing battle to sports betting right now, right? Like, how many genuinely new DFS customers are actually entering the space when they're putting so much focus on gambling and, and you know, single game parlays? The touts, like, you know, like Big T and Run Pure and ETR, like, they're bringing in or they're retaining customers. I don't know necessarily they're bringing in customers, but you basically do need these touts to sort of hype up and create some excitement and create communities that, you know, and it's like, well, there is sort of a necessity for touts in that regard. Yeah. It's kind of like an affiliate thing, like where you have these little yeah. marketers for you that where everyone benefits. Well, that's a, that's a good point too, because I think a lot of these tout sites are really good at serving their existing community, you know, with their live content, their discords, like they serve that community, but how much is actually being grown? And I know like ETR is doing lots of efforts now on TikTok and Instagram, like where is this next wave of players? And it's like, you almost have to pull them in from like a season long perspective. Oh, maybe start with a little best ball. Maybe then we get you to DFS, get you, you know, completely (laughs) red pilled, but it is And you look at content and like the truth is like fantasy content on a whole is like not that innovative. It's not, you can go look at other disciplines or sectors and the creativity and the level of production is just on another level. And so I do think it's safe to worry. Like uh, we need to raise our content game to actually be able to expand these ecosystems because we're not reaching normies right now. Yeah. Or just get that engagement farming going, bro. I'm trying. I'm bad. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're 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 like the one of the the most the kind of the, the shining beacon in all this, right, Pete? Like you're the guy who's out there, like at least attempting to create, you know, unique creative content, bringing in new eyeballs from different you know channels, trying to make it fun, trying to like be entertaining, you know, like like you said, it, it is a very 
basic problem with fantasy content that it is so dry and it's been done. And like, and when you start getting into the weeds of how you actually beat DFS, it's even drier and more impossible to even describe. So that challenge is, is severe. And because there's so much, it's everyone uses the same template, right? For fantasy touting both their shows and stuff. And that's why even like everyone gets so excited about the three donkeys podcast coming back because like just listening to Bales and those guys like make sex jokes is such a reprieve from just yeah. templated play the best plays stuff. And, you know, I do think in, you know, to give run pure credit and big T credit, like they've built out personalities and people want to come along for the ride with personalities. I know when we were doing uh, tilt space on ETR show last year, like people really enjoyed that show because you get to see the personality aspect. And I do think that is part of like growing stuff. It's like, we have to make this more exciting. Brian and I talk about it all the time with what can yeah. DraftKings and these sites do to create superstar personalities in the way that happened in poker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, tough. it's like with, with poker's kind of having a little bit of a revival. I, I, Brian and I both played professional poker. We were talking about it when I met up with him in Chicago. And it's like, yeah, like you just, it's so much more natural for poker to be a personality thing. And it's with all the vlogging and the, and the, and the it's just so much media now that's available to, to do poker content. You're going to get that, nat that natural connection with personalities. I would say to Brian, like, we just need like the, the DFS communities, I don't know. I think I'm personally been sort of bearish on it for a long time. I just think we need to really like make strong efforts, like create some, like we need to know more about, like we need some more rivalries. We need some more shit talking. We need some more like people going at each other. Like that like never happens in the DFS community. It always happens in the poker community. So we yeah. need more of that shit. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean... It, it it happens a little bit. It happens a little bit, and then usually it dies off. Time. Yeah, there needs to be some better. It's tough with GPPs. Because remember when I I had uh, I have to bring bring them up, but my Ben the Better uh, little, right, right. little thing was like it turned. It's like it's so hard to do like a GPP versus somebody else. You know, like yeah. how are we gonna? It's not as good as like the cash game head to head in poker. You know, it yeah. it's it. Maybe there's something we can. We can figure out, but with like the tout shaming, with the tout shaming yeah. stuff and this kind of content is, I, I mentioned this briefly last week. It's like if you go with the hardcore like Seville view, it's like there would just be no content at all. There would be nothing. You could, you essentially can't say fucking shit with their rules, or you're an immoral person. You know, maybe I don't understand their rules in full, but like in the sports betting uh, sector, anyways from what I can tell, you just basically can't say shit, like even free picks and stuff like that. It's like, you're not going to have any fun content. Um, so like, I mean, in the modern age, content's super important too, but like the, the, the sports betting market in England has been around for what? A hundred years, 200 years. Like what were they doing? You know, there was no, there was no internet then. There was no, so hear like, ye, I, hear ye. <laughs> <laughs> they had the touts out on the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the speaker's yeah. corner. <laughs> big T McGilligutty, like uh <laughs> Big T's great, 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 great grandpa. It's out yeah. there. Father, hey, Father the <laughs> yeah. I mean, it I do think, you know, partly like you said, it's hard to pull it off and structure it. And this is, I mean, I don't know if we have any prayer of anything coming from DraftKings like this, but it's like It'd be really nice if they could facilitate um, yeah. Yeah. some. They have to be part of it. They have to. Like, think about this. Like, what if you were able to scoop someone for, say, the NFL, but it was for the entire season and they managed yeah. it. And so it was like every week you were doing your $5,000 head to head, whatever. Or maybe it was like they facilitate that you both hop in the same high stakes tournament every week. And then they were able to like show leaderboards, your average scores, like help us foster these beefs and give us the structure and the railroads to like make it happen. Yeah. And it needs to be sort of community based. So you can have your little team and to, to root for, and you have like the sharks versus the, you know, the jocks and there's something, you know, within that range where there's like a whole, like some people can get their teeth sunk into yeah, OA wants uh, Brian versus Big T, Jocks versus uh, Nerds. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. It itself. That means I'm on the nerds. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be on the nerd side. What about like crossover? You could do like 
you play someone heads up in poker, right? But then they have to play in DFS, something like that. Yeah. It's tough when you get those challenges because the other guy, it's so easy to cheat in DFS. They could just ask someone. I know. Um, yeah. But there, yeah. there's there's so much they could do, man. <laughs> I don't get it. He's saying bad news if you think you're a, a jock. <laughs> 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 it's true it's true yeah yeah it it is tough it just i mean i mean there's have we seen a single piece of innovation from DraftKings? i mean they're just in set it and forget it mode right with with yeah. the contests yeah they gave it a try with that uh what was that the the goat or whatever something they, it seemed like yeah. they really didn't commit to that idea very much like they filmed some content like over two days and like kind of i don't know they didn't really commit to like a full. You know, another thing I think we have to kind of accept too is it's not 2002 anymore. There's not this like hegemony or whatever you want to call it of media where we all have cable, we all watch ESPN, we watch Sports Center ten times a day. You know what I mean? Like that. It's just not everyone's attention is 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 going a thousand different ways now. You're. It was kind of just like a um, flash in the pan or just like a. A moment in history that this just can't be repeated right like so i don't think we're ever gonna get to that that level where everyone and their mother <coughs> was playing poker you know yeah. everyone and their mother they're, they're not gonna be playing dfs well, i just don't yeah do you guys i'm always fascinated that there is even an existing kind of thriving still dfs market because man like i could i sometimes get burnt out and i'm like i can win at dfs right like there's a lot of people who you got to go in there every day, spend an hour or two building your line or your roster, your ownership, your fucking, you know, you're, you're looking at game selection, you're monitoring news after. And it's like, and if you're not even winning, how are these people even playing still? Just bet the goddamn lines and go for a walk. You know, it's like, go bet the over under or something like how I just, I'm always shocked that there's even still people pretty solidly playing every day. And I don't know where, if, it's, if it could possibly go up from here. I, I mean, can't get the hundred k to first in sports betting sides, though. Yeah, yeah, you could do I, like an in-game parlay or something. Yeah, right. I do think it is that there, like you said, there have to be so many people taking a bath, but because they can go hang out in the Discord, they chop it up, they talk strategy. It feels like a puzzle. They have some people to sweat it with. That it's like your social yep. thing. It's just like this is what I do on a Wednesday night. Like I build lineups yep. and I sweat it with these guys, and it's like my hobby. And they, they, you probably write it off as an entertainment expense, even yep. if you're, you know, checking your roto tracker long term. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I, and that's something I really discounted for a long time because, like. You know, when you're sort of just going at this from a purely like professional angle where you're just looking for edges and it's like kind of a grind and you're not really enjoying any sort of social aspect of it. Like I haven't talked to a human being in two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when you like look past that, you start to see the value of these communities and tents and, and, and these like content things that they would need to sustain, you need to sustain the market. What do you guys think about this idea? Instead of DFS, naked yoga. <laughs> no, but uh, how about this idea we had Pete like two years ago we contacted DraftKings and almost got it going do you remember this where we wanted to do like the content wars content creator wars so it was like run peer has two guys awesome puts up two guys fantasy labs was a, was a was a thing back then right I think like all the guys still work there they put up two guys I don't think ETR was even a company and then we were gonna me and you were gonna play on a team yeah, just for fun, and then have like a bracket challenge, yeah. Where and then so it's like you know all these content creators are playing was against it, each other just for bragging was it, rights. And was I can't it remember DFS or was there other stuff like just DFS. It was DFS, but oh. then like you know DraftKings hosted it, and then they kind of did a similar idea with like the World Cup of DFS. Do you remember that? And then like yeah. They had like oh, wow. guys from Germany and Switzerland and shit. It's like, who the fuck are these people? Like, yeah, don't get yeah. them. Get like people who are have a following, following clearly, yeah. and make it a yeah. thing. You know, it makes someone a personality. Make someone the best, even if they're not. Who cares? Say they're the best. Whatever. You know. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I still think that would be cool. Yeah. And I think still you'd almost need to have more wrinkles with it. I, just because I think everyone is so kind of automated and in cruise control with their processes for specific sports. Like I would love, I want to showcase, like, I want to throw a new problem at Brian. I want to throw a new problem at Ricky and see how your problem solving brain throws it. Like, oh, maybe it's okay. We're doing a super flex contest for DraftKings, and we have two quarterbacks, or maybe yeah. you're putting a weird multiplier on the tight end position. Like let's, let's shake things up and see how people solve that stuff. Maybe yeah. you don't make it at scale because it wouldn't be as successful, right. but for like a contest like this, let's actually see who can solve new game types. Yeah. And yeah. you like throw a time limit on it. Like, a, or like, you know, yeah. Something like that where you can't just sit, you know, awesome old just goes in the lab and like a week later you've got his perfect model or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I feel like Big T and those types of guys who are more field-based would, would like really like, you know, puff up their chest like, yeah, we got the feel. We know sports. We're going to fucking nail this. We don't need no models to teach us. We don't do that anyways. You yeah. know, there's the whole angle there. And there's this, that's basically what DFS is. There's the sports fans versus the sort of nerd, like the numbers fans. And I think there's like, there's something there. Yeah, if they if they took away my computer in that challenge, I'd be like, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's this guy's now, name? <laughs> how that would be really funny. I don't know what the parameters would be, um, but leaning into that, like the film watching bros versus the sim bros, and like yeah. you know, doing a contest where Brian can has to hand build, they have to use yeah. a sim or like whatever. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so fun. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and so like, and at this point, there's actually more content creators. There's a decent amount of guys now. Um, we could easily get, we could easily get, I don't know, 50 person contest or something of two, you know, teams of two. Yeah. The thing is, is like what I was saying about switching it up is you can't just have it to where it's like, well, Brian's going to make his 150 set and then he's going to toss his one just in this. Off. Like we yeah, got to yeah. make it to where it's requiring yeah. its own yeah. special attention. Yeah. And there's right. some sort of like, there's some sort of live view of him. Like, oh, what the fuck is, you know, like there's some, there's some human element to it. Like that's what poker thrives on. Like where they got a guy agonizing over a call or right. bluff, you know, he's got the heart rate monitor. So, you know, there's all this. So there needs to be some FaceTime during the decision-making process. Well, and even thinking through that, like um, I know one piece of content that people really enjoyed last year was when Tilt Space went against the Gilcast in a week 17 head-to-head and Davis and those guys released the podcast of them making their lineup 30 minutes before yeah. lock. And they're arguing oh. and mad at each other yeah. and haggling people. And like, it was a true peel behind the curtain. Like it was a high stakes head-to-head and they were hashing it out. Like letting people see that, I think is so much fun. I like yeah. it. I, yeah. Especially the be, angle of them fighting against each mm -hmm. other for their own team. I like that. Yeah. And you can do crossover shows, right? You go on their network, they go on ours or whatever, and you talk about what what it was. Yeah. And it has to be for, you know, stakes that make them care. Tout Wars. That, that's true. Midway's, Midway's right. We call it Tout Wars, I think, Pete, didn't we? Yeah. That was a, that was a long time ago, but yeah. And it's got to be like the, the some sort of World Series of Poker or something. Something yeah. that is like, this is the DFS thing. It's probably yeah, got to yeah. be football, I guess. But whatever. Like, this is the DFS thing. This one. Right? It can't just be the championship of of F1 racing. The championship of PGA. Then the championship. No one cares. You right. know? It's I mean, even, obviously, yeah. you want to win that money. But, like, it's really for a small, a smaller subset of a smaller subset of dudes who even try to get in those things. What if, yeah, what if you had some like really crazy almost like a scavenger hunt thing like in the tout wars what if it was every site got a player for whatever it was um at a similar price point and whoever's community got that player to the highest ownership won that uh that yeah. leg of the tout wars. oh my god like, who can player. tout this specific play the most the Patrick yeah. Laird theory exactly oh so wow and then yeah. you're trying to get all your community to max enter and lock button this guy so you could win this specific leg of the Tout Wars. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, because we say sh we say shit on this show. 
and then people give us credit and they they talk about it on other shows but then eventually everyone just uses it and we don't get any fucking credit anymore we can point <laughs> yeah. to no but we won the tout wars on, yeah. on patrick laird so yeah. we have that forever well it's yeah, yeah, yeah. oh god oh nothing it's just, it does have to be meaningful money like or something has to be at stake because like you said if there's not they'll just throw in some like thoughtless you know yeah process yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you could have, yeah. I mean, all the guys that win there, you know, SFGA and FSWA awards. And there, I saw Brad Evans showing his trophy scoreboard to someone on, on Twitter the other day. Like, if you could get like a legit trophy that people, you know, actually cared about mm-hmm. that got passed around each year to the winning yeah. tout yeah. site. A bracelet. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, I mean, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a bracelet? Who used to play poker for a living? Everyone wants a bracelet, even if you didn't play tournaments. I want one. I know I was a cash game guy. And this all comes down to, though, like, again, to pull this off, you would need DraftKings to help facilitate this, to dedicate some budget to it. And it's like, the question is, do they care enough about growing this DFS ecosystem to take on a project like that? That's the billion-dollar question for sure. And to me, there's a lot of signs pointing the other way for sure. And it makes sense. Like, there's a lot. The low-hanging fruit right now is gambling and and, and parlays and all these things. It's, It's... I mean, there's still probably some room to grow, but it's like, it's a cost benefit analysis. There's a lot of opportunity costs here. It's a tough sell potentially. I'm not sure. I just don't, don't, I'm not sure I follow that uh, kind of thinking. I get it. I know what everyone's, you know, talking about. They're concentrating sports betting. You know, it makes more money, that sort of thing. But like, if you think about like, like Amazon, right? Like if that were true, they would have just like focused only on books. They would never be where they're at, right? And now they're this enormous company. Like if you can make money, yeah. they could do but, this. They could do sports betting, DFS, and and fucking sell books too. Like who and NFTs and whatever. Like you know, right. but books don't compete with like golf clubs, right? In terms of like the target market. Whereas DFS and sports betting, same type of guy, gambler. You know, you you only got so much money to throw. It's gonna have to be one or the other. For most people, I mean, I mean, kind of, but it doesn't even matter, right? Because Amazon still like pulled in a whole bunch of other people to buy golf clubs and all these other sorts of things, and their book selling product got better, way better. You can get anything on there. Audible, all these awesome things they've added. Like, I just, I think it's, I think that just the size of Amazon, Apple, things like that. Um. I think they. I, th- I think that kind of disproves that they can't make two awesome products. That they could only focus on one. I mean, if that crossover is the correlation is like ninety percent or something, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't, let me think about that. What? What? what I want to know what else is on your list too before we run out of time. Well, I was gonna. I mean, this it's kind of just jumping under a tangent, but I was I was gonna talk about some more like some more uh, DFS theory type stuff. You had brought up this idea of GTO DFS play. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I was just gonna talk about, you know, you know, some of the challenges we face as DFS players to, to really come up with an optimal build and how fluid it can be. I don't know if you wanna like talk about it. Yeah, so sure. It's very interesting to DFS me. Pro. Okay, so there's this idea of GTO DFS play that Brian mm-hmm. brought up. That's okay. Basically, if you run a simulation, right? And that's basically everyone's sort of captain of the bag. Everyone's doing simulations. Like, you know, it's, it's like you can access these pretty, but the thing is like your simulations depend on your, your assumptions. Like, it's not like you, I think there's a big like tendency for people to be like, well, I ran a sim and it told me this. And it's like, well, yeah, but like, what did you assume the range was? What was their ownership? What was their baseline projection? What was all this correlations? So there's a lot of, you know, in, in, when you get down to the weeds, all these things, it matters heavily. And the, I, anyway, so you run the simulation, you get this like result, you say, okay, uh, whatever, Patrick Mahomes is top quarterback, like 12% of the time. And you start to like go down this rabbit hole of like, well, why not just play Patrick Mahomes 12% of the time? I don't care what his ownership is. Right. And you say, I'll play, you know, Justin over like 10% of the time and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's when you start to get into the idea of ownership and game theory, I don't think that could ever be ignored because if you have a model that really evaluates ownership and they're just, let's say Patrick Mahomes was 0%, right? You can't, 
just play him 12%. You have to play him like 100% because every time you put Patrick Holmes in a roster, you're the only guy with him. So I don't know. Like, like I, I kind of just invented a – I don't know how well-versed your listeners are with this problem, but I'm trying to spell it out a little bit. Maybe you can help me out, Brian. I mean, I, I I agree, like, with the sentiment that we're guessing here. So, like, it's not, like, balanced GTO in poker is the set rules. The cards don't change value, right? Like, mm-hmm. the stack sizes don't change. The bet didn't size didn't change. They're all these static – all this – there's 52 cards for, you know, for all this static information that in DFS you just have to assume that – that Ruvis's projections are the GTO projections. Right. And, and so like, right, just right based right there, you can go bullshit. Like yeah. any sort of balance strategy is bullshit. I, so I, 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 I was thinking that too. So like the reason I, I started talking GTO is because nerdy tenor is talking about it. Right. And he's talking right. about in multiple podcasts. And I said, I think that's bullshit. I'm like, I don't think you could do GTO and, and DFS. And, just for the record here, GTO has kind of the definition of it honestly is, is incorrect and changed. GTO nowadays kind of just means the best thing you can do for most people who don't know anything. They weren't poker bros back in the day, but really yeah. it means this natural equilibrium ba- balance strategy where you, whatever selection you make, it doesn't matter what your opponent does. Uh, unless he does the exact same thing, he's going to lose money to you in the long run. In the classic examples, the paper, rock, scissors, you could throw, um, although it, it shows that it's just a break-even strategy, is that if you throw paper, rock, or scissors 33% of the time randomly, your opponent can't beat you. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, but anyways, so I, but then I like started thinking about it, and I'm like, no, I think actually I think you could, you can you can do it. It still has this we're guessing thing baked in, though. Um, it, it matters. So, your, your assumptions matter, though. Like, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah I don't I mean, know how you get away with that. Get away from that. I mean, uh, you just assume the assumptions are right, and then you can then you can apply a GTO strategy. That so that's yeah. where I was saying, like, okay, I was wrong. I think you yeah. can apply a balanced strategy. Just assuming everything you have is right. Just assume that's right. For and sure. Then you I mean, that's, that's as stress. best as you can do. Yeah, that's all you can that's do, really. You can do. That's the best, that's you, the can best do. you can do. It's like, it's like, I don't know if GTO is the correct term for it. It's probably just like optimal. Like, like It's like you can't – it's like it, there's no decision you can make that's independent of what your opponent's doing. Your opponent, whatever they're doing, is it, that, that highly changes your equity – in the in a GPP or anything, right? Like it yeah. if, if if people if let's say for whatever reason a hundred percent of people played Patrick Mahomes for some god known reason, the GTO decision becomes very clear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he's thirteen percent on and he will, wins twelve percent of Sims, I don't know what do you do then, you know? Um, so so uh, the, we had actually just this past couple of day in my Discord we've had a gto conversation and i think it's pretty good if you guys want to go anyone wants to go and read it we're still thinking it over but um uh who wrote it i want to give him credit uh i think it's like why who's serious what let me check really quick why so serious okay and um and so his his he was talking about i'm gonna get his point wrong but anyways for the to illuminate GTO in like DFS, an easy way to think about it this way is head to head. And then just assume like the last player is like three different styles of player. So like one's like a, a, a running back, the other's like a, a, you know, deep range wide receiver. And then there's like someone in between a slot receiver, or maybe a Possession. running back who, who catches yeah. a little bit, something like that. Right. And they have these, like horse race, you know, the, the the classic game theory horse racing example where you got the the horse that's really fast but dies out, and then the other guys are about 50-50. Well, you want the horse race that goes fast and dies out because every time he goes fast, he's going to beat the 50-50 guys, and they'll just be splitting the rest of the equity. So, like, you, ha- you could have this in theory anyways, right? If you, like, you could figure this out through a diff- bunch of different ways, you could have this kind of um, – 
choice of which guy to take. And then you could use kind of a mixed strategy of 60% of the time I take this guy, 30% of the time I take this guy, 30% of the time I take the other guy. And there's nothing your opponent can do about it. Uh, they're just going to make mistakes if they don't match those perfect frequencies on that one player. And so it, it it's also takes a lot of this kind of what we're just guessing out of it because we all know what the cash game lamps are going to be, right? We know like the top five for top 10, right? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of, you can kind of do it. Um, I don't know why we're talking. This is too much good information <laughs> on a fucking podcast. Let's, but, go, let's yeah. go back. Yeah. So, so what do you think about that idea? Well, I think I think it's like you can follow the logic in a small example like that. But when you're when you start to do you, you start to increase the variables to the degree that we have in MME, DFS, you're talking about correlations, you're talking about ownership, you talk, you're talking about all these assumptions with player ranges, like you said. Mm -hmm. I mean, you start to get lost in the weeds a little bit there where it's a lot less clear. I mean, it's probably solvable. I did have that on my notes here. It's like, is everything modeled? Is, can you possibly model everything to a degree where the predictability is so high that you are basically just, you know, you're saying what's up this is all like this is the best we could possibly do and that's well, that's really what we're, we're talking about i mean uh, we're kind of bouncing around so i think the cash game is kind of good for like the simple discussion but just to go with that too that makes me think that the variance inherent in it is kind of makes it also possible to do a balanced gto strategy because right. you're just assuming there's a variance inherent in it because if there wasn't you wouldn't need anything you just click right. and enter yeah. Right. So knowing that that your opponents have the same issue you do, I think maybe you can come to a, a, a GPP GTO balance strategy, but with, with cash games, um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty simple though, because like I said, most of those, it doesn't even matter that we don't know for sure. Cause we're all guessing at these numbers but we do know like like seven or eight of the players who are definitely going to be in these lineups. And it comes mm -hmm. down to a 1v1, 2v2, something like that. And by the way, the GTO strategy might tell you, like if you have aces or the nuts, call every time, I'll go all in every time, whatever the spot is, that on some slates, the the nuts is the nuts and you just play it. It doesn't matter. You 100% you of the time, you play this clearly obvious cash game lineup. Yeah, that's like Levitan's thing. Like, prove it to me that you can beat me. But when those slates where it's not, you could – okay, if you know your opponent's going to play the Osmo Optimal every single time, yeah, you use your exploitive play. Unless you feel like he's going to adjust and you want to protect yourself, then you go game, Then you go back to your game theory mix strategy. So you would do um, – you know, on there you'd probably do mostly whatever lineup performs best against the Osmo lineup with maybe a 5% roll. And then you literally roll like you're playing heads up, like Doug Polk, you roll. And every week you could do it every lineup. If you're playing heads to head, or you could do it every week. It doesn't really matter. Cause if you play DFS long enough, it should all work yeah. itself out. But like, so if you just do it every week, it's like, okay, I rolled the running back who also catches a few balls. And then next right. week you rolled the wide receiver. And then the week after that, it's just the stone cold nuts. Cause four running backs were hurt and their salaries are that mispriced and there's nothing you can do. And, and so like, ex, you know, extrapolating that out to G, GPPs is really, really fucking hard. And I, this is, that's what, that was my tweet. I think it's like, no one's doing this right. Except maybe no. nerdy. That's it. But I mean, okay. Maybe, maybe somebody else who just hasn't, you know, uh, gone on a show or tweeted or whatever, but no, no one's doing this. And everyone's like, do you play exploitive or balanced? Like, oh, I play balanced. I think it's like, no, you don't, you don't fucking know right. what that is. You don't know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, for, but it's for, true. Like, for as long on. as yeah, for as long as DFS has been around, I'm actually surprised. Like, when I talk to pros or or guys that I'm like I see on the leaderboards all the time at like live finals, I'm always like, I kind of I kind of probe them on the process a little bit. And I'm always like, oh, you're just running it through an optimizer still. Like, you know, it's like there's I always like assume like oh they're doing some crazy simulation model, you know, machine yeah. learning, like you know. And then like, I start talking to people, I'm like. Oh wait, they're just running top fifty Osmo, and then like hand picking, like digging some adjustments here and there. I'm like, we still have a long way to go for like for edge for a lot of these for, for the field. Yeah. 
So what would be what would be the DFS equivalent when people say in poker, hey, I'm balancing my range as far as mixing in, you That's know, what I, just, I, just gave, I think, but but it's only from a, a player selection standpoint that's a really the only way no i mean because well, it's still lineup i just gave the simplest example like yeah it, it could be it could be multiple lineups and then you and then th there's one lineup let's just say there's 10 lineups there's one of those 10 that it doesn't matter what you do against it would be the the lineup that that performs well over time and I think I'll try to do like the more GPP like angle. Like a lot of times this, this, this problem happens on, on my side. It's like, you're trying to, you're, you're running a thing, you run it through the model. You see, like, if you make these small tweaks in ownership or assumptions here and there, player ranges, you'll see the, the model spit out different results. And you're like, well, what assumption do I want to go with? Right? Like if you say, well, if I think this guy's going to be low owned, then I got to YOLO the guy that that's not him. Right. Or if like, I think this guy is a way bigger, outcome range it's kind of like your example um with the fastest horse like you want to play that guy more often right but you also want to protect yourself from the times when you're wrong and what the field is doing so that's really where you want to start that whole question is your assumptions need to be balanced i, I guess in a way where you're not over assuming one very specific outcome in terms of what the field is doing or what the actual players yeah. are doing. That's what that's what it looks like in practice. Would be, I, the, the, I can't remember the Pat Mahomes example. Would be like, okay, if I knew Pat Mahomes was owned at one percent, and he's a really good play, I play him a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. But you, but a GTO balance strategy would look more like you're going to play Pat Mahomes thirty five percent come hell or high water because that's the perfect optimal rate. Assuming your opponents also played at the right perfect uh, a level frequency right which is probably that's 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 a poor assumption for sure but like well, yeah you can, this is, now we're getting into an exploitive versus gto argument which I'm right. not, i don't want to make like i play exploitive yeah. for almost the most part i'm just saying right, right. like in theory talking high level dfs strategy i do think it's possible i think the argument you're making is very good is like we are guessing a lot here alex called me that out on this on one of his shows because i was calling these these you know guys who use the awesome top 50 and then tweak shit it's like yeah. you know you're just fucking guessing you have no basis for that and he's like yeah well we're guessing too that's yeah. true we are guessing but we're we're using we're we're guessing like yeah. a weatherman you know we're guessing from a scientific basis we're not like walking outside and like oh my bones are aching i'm gonna right. take fucking pamahones you know what i mean like there's a difference well, in the guessing what about the Right. And like, I, I, have, I hear you go through your process real basic sometimes, like, and you say things like, well, I just kind of run the, my thing and then I just go with it. Right. I've been there. I, I think I'm, in, I don't know how often you take it like a next step. You're like, well, this guy's, you know, um, let's say uh, in, in football, like, you know, some kind of chalky guy, like, let's say Patrick Mahomes. It's like, wow, he's in 60% of my lineups. Like, am I sure I have his ownership? Right. Or am I sure, you know, cause it's like for him to be that big of a play and he's a field guy, that doesn't add up. So you have to sort of go in, go back, change something about, you know, because it's like in your head, my gut says there's no way you should be playing like one of the most popular players, like as my biggest play. You should be looking more like your model should understand that that can't be good. So you got to go back and change some data piece, data set. So I, that basically my entire day is, is spent, well, like when I'm actually working on DFS, I'm going into that on that angle looking at the ownerships and, and, and ranges and things like saying, what's wrong here? Why is this popular guy popping so much? And, yeah. and it sounds like you and Osimo kind of similar. Like, I feel like Osimo just runs his thing and walks away. Like he doesn't care. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> I might, you know, he does. I, 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 I just doesn't seem like he's got a lot of second guessing in his process. Well, yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't know. I've never seen his process, but um, mine. Yeah. I don't, I don't second guess a ton. N not like day of, you know yeah. when I'll second guess is because something can break, yeah. and I'll be like, "Oh shit, that's oh, yeah. not that cannot be right." And then I have to go in and redo everything and reset our. So like that that can happen, or I'll be like, you know, after uh, you know a few slates, I'm like, "This isn't right." I'm leaving too much salary on the table, and then I'll go and then tweak tweak things for the next slate, but not like I'll concentrate on that guy. In golf, I kind of do with injuries. Because golf yeah. injuries to me is just like, and I wish I didn't follow my own rule of thumb last week. If <laughs> the guy's kind of hurt, 
just don't fucking play him in golf. Like it's just not worth it. There's not enough people who are gonna fade him to get, which is always that little rationalization yeah. we give ourselves is like, oh, I could leave him in because everyone's gonna fade him, and then I get an right. ownership edge, right? Yep. That's almost like my bones are aching uh, strategy. So like, yeah, in golf, I'll do it a little bit more. Like, <clears throat> here's another thing too: is is combinations. So like in showdowns and MMA, there's a lot less combinations and you could do kind of some more balanced GTO uh, work. And this is my opinion. Then in these sports with, you know, so, you know, full, full field, full size sports, it just got tons and tons of combinations. Lots of them are completely worthless and you don't need a computer. Right. Or, you know, you just need half a brain to figure out that, you know, six NBA players projected to play two minutes is not going to be a lineup that you should put in your sim. Uh, but yeah, so like, uh, um, I think that's where uh, I'm, st- I still think, I, I still think about it a lot. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like the long-term solution, like the ex- mastering exploit of DFS play is probably your best option and just hope DFS does not like completely take all the marketing money away and you just get enough donks for the next 10 years that that I kind of buy that that strategy. It's just, there's, there's so much like, like there's still a, the field is very weak in terms of knowing what they're doing. Like you said, they're kind of guessing, like, I just don't know how you sustain an ecosystem where it becomes much more GTO bot. Like, if, if everyone's way more, like, obviously the field's way better than they were like three years ago, but there's a lot of exploits still like that are available. And I just feel like if that edge ever goes away, you're talking, that's kind of why I quit poker. It was like, oh man, everyone's just doing solvers and like, you know, shit that, you, you know, they're all trying to like, they don't care anymore. There's no human element, you know, it's all that. And it's like, it's not fun. And it's also like, I like thinking on that level, like where, you know, like some pitch, like when in baseball, if a pitcher's gone off twice in a row and he's got a big projection this week and he's my top play, I'm like, well, there's no way his ownership is right. There's no way the field is going to miss this guy, right? So they'll just bop his ownership up three or four or whatever, and then they'll take it down from another guy and it's boom, now he becomes my top play, you know? And it's like, I just like that angle to it. I just enjoy that. And I see, I just don't understand how DFS could survive without that exploded play. And I think... This is just sorry, really quick. That's assuming that enough people switch to GTO solvers too, because it is kind of fun thinking about it and doing it yourself and coming up with your own strategies for this type of thing. And you know, it's just a different subjective funness there. Sorry, Pete, go ahead. No, that you're actually tagging kind of the point I was gonna make that I think is unique to like DFS and how people play fantasy sports, where they like to feel like they're their own GM and they might go to a tout site to get projections and advice just to like pat you on the back, being like, you're doing the right thing, but you're actually the one making the decisions here. It's like you're just providing them with the tools, but people love having ownership over that. And I know, like, even for me playing NFL DFS like I love that out leveling thinking where we're talking on a Sunday in these super small field GBPs it's like well this guy got steamed earlier in the week so now no one wants to play him so now is everyone off of him and maybe he's a good play like that's what makes that super fun so I wonder if like that element is just so embedded into the way people play fantasy sports that it will kind of never go away I don't are think we, I think any uh, bullet points yeah any final uh, hot takes here <laughs> not really. I, mean, I could go on and on about that type of stuff. It's the stuff that kind of consumes my mind daily. Um, yeah, I think just going back to like, I think we just need to get some more fucking uh, some 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 slanderous uh, battles on on Twitter. Well, what do you got? Who's one? I got you nothing. Like, I, I can't. I, I mean, I, I I'm trying to live a positive lifestyle these days. <laughs> <laughs> you need someone else to slip into the toxicity, is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you guys do it. and I'll cheer you guys on. But no, I I think if you're just at a healthy. Like, remember when Empire Maker was? I don't know what he was up to, but he was going at people. <laughs> like, uh, he was calling out people and Osibo challenging them, and like that was pretty high level. Like, I yeah. just. We need to get some more. I, some like I love scandals and I love controversy. And I, you know, let's let's try to, let's someone just start a fight and let me watch it. The, Somebody the closest, needs to yeah. uh, just slip uh, EM two some of that spicy yeah. white powder and uh, <laughs> back <laughs> in business, baby. 
That's right. <laughs> but Ricky told me some stories, by the way, at uh, live finals that uh, that are are not uh, suitable for work. Or no. wow, <laughs> hey, but they were interesting. Brian, before we wrap up here, I did pull this up earlier. Is this the Chase Hooper merch you bought? I bought I bought that hat, and then I bought. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Is what this is going this? against your your team your uh, jersey? Got, like, like Chase your, your... the Dream Hooper. It just yeah, the first awesome. spot I've and ever seen. Wow! What hat or what a shirt? And I got that. I think I got that blue shirt that dude's wearing, but I got it in black. Okay. All right, <laughs> Brian. You walking? This is this is your hypocritical touting yeah. moment. It's you have not, it's not a team, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. One of the rules is family members is allowed. It's a is oh, allowed. Yeah? Family members, or if it's your girlfriend or boyfriend, that's allowable. And uh, I'm sure Chase Superman would have to be related somewhere down the line. No, this is all about <laughs> you just refusing to believe uh, that a woman could beat him, and this is how you're, you know, uh, making. That I, after that last fight, even John Kelly capitulated. So. <laughs> We should try to get him on the, the podcast. I just want to ask him that question. Yeah. Who would win in a fight, you or Amanda Nunes? <laughs> the age-old question. Uh, Ricky, I know you're not uh, one for plugs here, although lots of people have been asking about your mustache, your haircut. Do you have any grooming tips for the people on our way out? Yeah, the mustache is a pain in the ass. I wouldn't I wouldn't tout that. It's like you get milk on it, like literally. You get, you know, beer, any, any sort of food. It's just a pain in the ass, so... But I gotta keep the the vibe going. I'm trying to have fun with my life, so this is <laughs> this is part of it. I have to th- become a character, kind of like live it. There you go. Uh, I love <laughs> the vibes. I love the look, Brian. Anything else going on with you here? Uh, try to live, you know, GTO balanced life. You know, I would get outside, <laughs> get on a bike. Hey, uh, that, I, I, you told me when we went to dinner that one day you hadn't been out for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I went on his first vacation to Florida last year. Oh, nice. I don't think I went to dinner with someone for like, a, I don't even know how long. I mean, there was, there was COVID in, in Chicago. But I need to talk. It's 2020. That, guys, it's 2022. COVID is over. Summer is here. Go look at some fucking, you know, go to the bar. Nice, cute waitress. Find a patio. Come on, guys. Uh, hey. He's talking to you, Brian. I love doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we got a uh, PGA tomorrow. I, my ownership's up. I'm done. Put my lineups in. There is some weather concerns again, so make sure you watch Run Pierce show. I'm sure they'll talk about it. Yeah. Get the, uh, get the, get what else? We got? we got pod podcasts. If you haven't listened to the sub to our pod, please please sub. Yeah. Uh, Ricky's Twitter is in the show notes. Give him a follow. Help his engagement farming numbers. We will be back next week for Lulz, for Ricky, for Brian. Have a good week. Go out. Have a nice dinner. Patio. Nice waitress. Sounds lovely. Touch touch some grass, boys. Bike there. innovation sound like it sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer client or patient it sounds like having the right information right when you need it it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business thanks to highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better whatever that thing is now who doesn't like the sound of that highland for innovators everywhere visit highland.com Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.